Welcome, my friends. Oh, man. I thought I would be less nervous about this because I've been literally not nervous about this all day. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's okay, though. Um, my name is Caleb. I'm Mitchell. We are recording ourselves speaking and distributing it and calling it cellmates. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, as like a television guy, this is like, I'm, I'm in like show mode. Mm. I'm in like, let's make it good. Let's. Let's make it, let's make it pop. Yeah. Let's make it roll or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's the wrong, it's the wrong mindset. Yeah. I think it's really cool. This, this idea is really cool though. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it, it was technically mine, I think maybe. I feel like it drew on something we both were feeling. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, so th- the idea behind this podcast, I hesitate calling it a podcast. <laughs> I know, I do too. Um, Is uh just... Mitchell and I have had a lot of lessons and conversations in our lives, especially here up in college, like being Christians and like living the way that we do. And I find myself like repeating lessons and stories and things to other people a lot. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I also have been wanting to create content that would do that in my stead yeah. For a while. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that there's like there's a very fine middle ground here mm. between like arrogant televangelism, like <laughs> I have wisdom and y'all need to have it here you go. <laughs> right. That's that's way out of bounds for me and that makes my skin crawl. Yeah. But then also I th- I'd be disappointed because like I've learned a lot up here and you have too. And mm. there's there's a definite possibility of like being able to give that to people to to whoever would want it and just to like to have it for for them you yeah know, like so it's so like i i've told a ton of people about conversations i have with you or experiences with you and the other way around it. and like mm-hmm. we have a lot of insight based on who we are and how we've grown together as friends yeah and as brothers in christ and then also how that could affect other people how other twos that you might know yeah right we'll get to that what those numbers mean and everything but other people like you that you might know uh Right, how they would react to other people like me that they might know, right? So there's just, yeah, there, there are patterns here. And if Caleb and I are not around to give such wisdom, we can super humbly hand them, send them a link <laughs> to, a to Anchor, <laughs> to the Anchor app. Actually, it publishes to Spotify. Oh, sick. Yeah. Dude, Spotify. Uh, the way. Y'all ever heard of Anchor before? Y'all ever heard of <laughs> This is not an ad read. No. There is an application by Spotify LTD called Anchor. You can just record things. You can do a little bit of like audio splitting and um, putting in other bits and pieces, but you put it on there and it publishes for you. It's really slick. Uh, found that out today. Yeah. So we were just sitting at a restaurant today, mm-hmm. eating lunch and talking about, um, I forget what we were talking discipleship. about. Discipleship. Just as a discipleship. Concept. Yeah. Yeah. And just how like, there's he so Caleb has an upcoming sermon uh where he's talking about discipleship and you can talk more about that probably if you want to but I'll just say that uh we were talking about that and how there's like so much depth to that concept by itself yeah that, like you could do a sermon on each individual slice of that like there's so many layers and so many different like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. iterations of that concept and how it plays out yeah that you could you could do a sermon on each so like it's true from so, yeah like the Great Commission in and of itself to the the action of discipleship, where it's come from now, like looking at Dietrich Bonhoeffer, 
like with uh, do you know about Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> okay, that's just kind I, of a dumb question. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. I studied. I studied the old DB. <laughs> the old guy. Like one of the quotes I saw from him today when I was doing research for this for this talk, like he went to America to like study and teach in New York for a year, and he's like, I feel obliged to suffer with my people, my fellow brothers under yeah. Nazi Germany, and he went back. That's wild. I I think what I remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer for is um, feeling like led to be an agent of assassination in uh, the world's yes. name yes. against Adolf Hitler, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> just just the circumstance by itself. I'm not saying he's like crazy wrong, but just the whole the whole circumstance is crazy. This man lived a life. He lived a crazy life. Yeah, it's a good life. I think. Um. To give a little bit more background on why Mitchell, of on course, our, on our also <laughs> crazy, yeah, to on of course why Mitchell would have studied the DB, of course, of course, obviously, what a, what a question. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's me transitioning into your story. Yeah. Okay. Bet. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm the son of um, Kevin Barnhart. Barnhart's have this almost and usually arrogant like nature of <laughs> of what it's like to be a Barnhart and to be in the clan and like whatever not not the clan but like in the Barnhart clan right 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 um so my dad is uh he went to school at Winona State and then he went to seminary at Bethel where uh he married my mother and they he was going to he's like he studied seminary because mm-hmm. he felt kind of called to but he was also like lord i'll do whatever you want just don't make me a missionary don't make me a pastor that's all i ask what an ass <laughs> yeah right uh he promptly felt called along with my mom to be missionaries in ukraine uh, at the same time yeah at the exact same time they both felt well not in ukraine but they both felt the call <laughs> to be missionaries and then um so we went to ukraine when i was one and a half and i grew up there Mm-hmm. And uh, me and my brother and my parents were there, mm-hmm. and um, so there we were, we were there. My dad, one of the main things he did once he kind of got established as a person in the ministry, was help uh, like re- revive a like an infrastructure of of pastors and ministers because mm-hmm. Ukraine under Stalin saw like sixty thousand pastors killed. Really? Yeah. So there was like one pastor for every like five hundred churches. Now churches is a broad definition down to like really small churches, but right, but right. still, yeah. So like there'd be one pastor on like, like just going through the area preaching a different church every day, trying to get the like get to keep the ministry going, mm-hmm. but like they just couldn't couldn't do it in time. Mm-hmm. So the objective was to get that done, to like revive that and to you know teach ministers and train them and equip them to go. So my dad like designed a church history college level course to take in like six weeks and he like oversaw a lot of the training for the 13 different states like the different provinces mm-hmm. and uh so because of that was my dad like our our family dinners would be like three four hours long we would talk about crazy <laughs> stuff and he never like discouraged big questions mm. he'd always just say like now is not a great time but remind me about it later i want to talk about it that was like the worst we ever got and so, like, we asked Dude. him, like, why, what, what do you think about Catholicism? Yeah. Like, can you explain infant baptism to me? Can you, like, whatever, all these crazy, like, super deep stuff to be asking at, like, six, six, <laughs> six. <laughs> like, whatever we could handle. <laughs> so, it, I don't know if that's actually six, but it was that type of thing. 
and uh, we learned about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And then so being homeschooled, I did my dad's church history course that he gave those ministers. I did it my sophomore year of high school for, oh, really? for credit. Yeah. Nice. It was super cool. <laughs> it was so dope. Um, so then in 2007, we moved home uh, because my mom uh, got breast cancer. And then we were home, and that's around when I met Caleb, 2007, 2008. Oh, um, goodness. I remember meeting you, like, like, like 08. Because I, I, I came back in fourth grade, and I didn't really, like, get to know you until middle school. Yeah, I, I always say it was, like, 08 or, oh, goodness, how old do I say? I think I say, like, 9 or 10. Yeah, so that's, like, that was 07, 08. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, So... I moved back to this to this church in my hometown, and mm-hmm. which is nearby Caleb's hometown, and we both went to the same church as kids. And um, my dad was a pastor there and had different roles, and and then he was lead pastor until relatively recently, where he's taken on a stewardship at a new church. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so the uh, more of my life story really fast. My mom passed away in 2015 uh, because she beat breast cancer round one. And then got it again in such a nature that she was never going to beat it round two. Mm. And so then she passed away when I was 17. And I graduated in 2016 and felt called to come here to St. Cloud State University to study some kind of journalism. Uh, some kind was eventually clarified into uh, broadcast television. And then Caleb uh, also came to St. Cloud State University. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how we got here. Yeah. It's really interesting when I talk about, well, because when we were initially planning this this first little bit out, this episode, yeah, I was like, let's do some, like you said, do some bios, talk about ourselves. I tell my story in context of my parents' story. Yeah. I don't think that's uncommon necessarily, but it was just really funny because I've, I've heard you tell your story a million times. I, yeah. lived, I lived through a significant portion of your story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just to hear it from such a high-level view, even for me, someone who knows it very well, was interesting. Hmm. So there's merit to this episode. I, <laughs> I, I hate it when people are like, my life's not that interesting. Just because like mm, I, mm. I think literally everybody's life has interests, has yeah. like real struggles and real challenges and like very actual stuff to it that sounds like yeah like a you know no-brainer but but like this can be a sense of people who haven't lived in different countries and had you know, mm. have both of their parents mm-hmm. still alive or whatever right there's like a bunch of stuff that isn't the case about my story i've seen i like i've had a lot of conversations with people who are like well i'm not very interesting i just grew up and went to high school and now i go here and i'm like well no 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 there was there were breakups there were fights there's mm. there's yeah you know whatever right there's all kinds of stuff that can happen there's the I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of pain. I think pain is the main one I'm referring to, I guess, but there's yeah. pain and triumph. There's there's difficulty. Mm. There's lost relationships and built relationships and friends you would die for and friends you don't talk to and, and just all different kinds of shades of, of nuance in there. Yeah. This mic is pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, pass the buck to me, I guess. Yeah, buck passed to you, Caleb. So I met you in 2009 I'm pretty sure you were alive before 2009. Like, what's mm. what's the story? What happened? Um. Well, first of how all, how did you get here? I was a C-section. If we're gonna, were you actually? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, both me and my older sibling were C-sections. My mom was in labor with my older sibling for 12 hours, and I don't know why this just stormed into my brain. I 
mistakenly told the entire youth group at a Sunday school one morning that I was a premature birth. I was completely wrong. Wow. I could have died. The pregnancy could have gone wrong. Sure, sure. And they almost lost me. Mm. And then obviously didn't. How'd they almost lose you? Uh, something about a cyst in such a place that like they had to go get a surgery, but if they weren't like super, super precise with how they dealt with the cyst, then it could have like disrupted the pregnancy. Ooh. Yeah. Well, good. Glad glad you're here. Praise the Lord. Praise the praise the Lord. Yeah. It's a real phrase. It means that real things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know as I don't know why that that yeah, C section probably got that going in my head. No, but. that's that's really interesting though. Like I even like many people might not know the circumstances of their own birth. Not that, oh, yeah. not that you need to, but it's it's part of your story, it's just as your it, parents yeah. are part of your story. Right. And with my parents, um, my dad grew up in San Antonio, Texas. He grew up with many brothers and sisters. He grew up in a home where uh, he did not have a dad to call his own for a majority of his life. He had many father figures, coaches and pastors and others, but never a father father that was consistent around. Um, and my mom grew up in the Philippines, in a village, in the mountains, in the grass. like I, <laughs> In the actual I, jungle. <laughs> I do not... Oh, I do not want to trivialize my mother's story. That's why I'm so afraid of telling this part. Because, like, my mother's family has fought tooth and nail and foot to get into the U.S. to become financially stable, to be here as Filipino-Americans and firmly plant their family flag on this soil. Yeah. And uh, But to make that long story short for now, um, she finished up her studies in the Philippines for a bit. And then she's like, I don't want to become a full doctor. Uh, my mother's mother, my mother's oldest brother, and my mother's father have all volunteered with the U.S. military in some way, shape, or form. Like her oldest brother and I think one other brother helped out in Desert Storm during Vietnam. Oh, yeah. My uncle was in Desert Storm. Really? No, no that can't be true. No, I think it was Desert Storm. Cool. Good talk. Great. No, that was, that was dumb. <laughs> um, we, so they were able to petition for the single children, uh, my mother included, to come over to the United States uh, after their service. And so, like, almost every single one of my mother's siblings uh, served in the military in some fashion in the Navy. Um, they live out in SoCal. They're a very prominent naval base. And uh, my mom came to the States because she wanted to live here and, like, make it here. And she didn't want to be a full doctor. Um, my dad, he actually served in the military as well. After growing up and kind of making his way, coming to Christ at, like, 16, seeing his brother shot down in the yard before his eyes, it's a whole other story. But yeah. He he came to faith, and he ended up joining the military. He served in Germany for a few years. He met his first wife there and uh, came back to her homestead in Southern California. They ended up having a daughter and then getting a divorce. He met my mom at a club. <laughs> Picturing your mom at a club is the weirdest thing in it's, the world. I still can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> um how it happened was like she 
she was like trying to look at the dance floor. My dad was like standing in front of her and she's like, Hey, tapped him on the shoulder. Like Oof. you're in my way. And he turns around. He's like, you're short. And those were his first words. Wow. <laughs> Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, they met, they ended up moving up to Minnesota. My mom got a job up here in my hometown, actually Mitchell's hometown. In my hometown. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she worked in the prison and they, she did medicine there. I was born in this area in so Southern Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. I grew up in a, a small town. I was not homeschooled. There were many around me who were homeschooled. Yeah. I think if my parents had more time and money, they probably would have chosen to homeschool me. Well, your your hometown is definitely like an epicenter of area homeschooling. Oh, for sure. Like a relatively rurally, but still. I mean, I can think of people. Yeah, no, you're right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. It it's it's a weird place. Can I just say Rochester? Is that weird? Whatever. I don't <laughs> Rochester is a beautiful little... I said my hometown just to protect your privacy because I didn't know... We hadn't talked about it yet. Oh, that's fair. So I was like, I'm just going to keep it here. We can say Rochester. Okay. I think Rochester is fine. Sounds good. Um, it's a cute little red pocket in a blue state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of homeschooling. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I grew up in the church. So did you. Yep. Um. I grew up listening to his dad preach and learning from his dad. I grew up um, getting really spoiled when it comes to how to deliver theology from a pulpit. <laughs> I yeah, that's that's been one of the things that really struck me recently was because I got to hear him preach again. Yeah, and I was like, wow, <laughs> I have not been getting the same level. Like I, I like leaders right now that I listen to at our like at our church mm -hmm. are really good. Absolutely. I have literally no issues. Correct. I like zero qualms. But there's nothing quite like home cooking, and there's nothing <laughs> quite like listening to Kevin Barnhart preach. Kevin is when, home when, cooking. When the Holy Spirit is, like, rocking. Yeah. It's crazy. I genuinely, like, I have a love now as a believer in Christ for, like, Greek and, like, the original meanings of words and stuff. That was Mostly inspired by Tim Mackey of the Bible Project. Mm -hmm. Also inspired by every single time your father ever pulled out a definition on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a long time, actually, when he first started being lead pastor, mm -hmm. that um, people were, like, complaining regularly to his, to his like, they were emailing him and stuff and take walking up to him after service and being like, can you please dumb it down? Really? Can you please, you're talking, those words are too big. I don't know what they mean. Wow. So there was a strong cohort of people that were like, you are too smart. Big brain hurt, <laughs> right? And then there's a, a whole other cohort of people. So there were people like, I'm not dumb. You're just too smart. And there's a whole other cohort of people that was like, I'm dumb and I want you to be smart. And uh, people, like, you know these people. I, I'm not going to name them, but you know these, you know several of these people who uh, are like, I like going home. Mm -hmm. They told my dad, that, like, I love it when you use words with four or more syllables. I like it when. I have to like write down what you said so I can go home and look it up. Yeah. 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 It, it was crazy. That's like just the kind of, but it's not arrogant and it's not without the like movement of the spirit. It's oh, just like definitely. the way God works through Kevin. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't pick it up, this is a Christian podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's kind of what like we're talking about, right? Is yeah. like mm-hmm. what the intent of this thing is. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been struck recently with a lot of our friends. I I think I came up with this term while we were talking before, of like our our little brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, which is not not a statement of inferiority and superiority. Take, I, the, I really, take the term "little sibling" I, as non belittling as possible. Ju- just younger. <laughs> Just younger brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just, like, these people are going to spend more time, they have more time ahead of them in this season of their life than you and I do. Of college? Yeah. Yeah. And and so, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. even certain people that are older than us. Technically, yes. Still have <laughs> more time. In yeah, here. yeah. And so, like, mm. they're, like, the guy just worked in our, so, like, I, I see this more as, like, kind of a... A lot more like a photo album than mm. a photo shoot. You know what I'm saying? Mm. This is a lot more like let's just document. Let's just let's mm. just talk. Let's document where our minds and hearts were at at X time in our lives. And and do that continually. I mean, I don't know how continually this could be one thing. Sure. And then that's that. This could be a whole other thing. I don't know. As the spirit leads. But right. um the piece of my story that I, I think stop hitting stuff, man. <laughs> I'm a clumsy guy. It's expensive podcast I'm studio. Six foot four, <laughs> just smacking into walls. <laughs> yeah, he's six four. I am six seven. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to Short King's anthem by <laughs> DMG and Black Bear because I am not a short king. Um, I am. <laughs> I am. Set, I'm eighty inches tall. <laughs> 80 inches. 80 inches. Um, part of part of my story that is pivotally important is that I came to Christ. I am a believer. I believe in salvation of Jesus Christ through faith. Um, I believe in baptism with water. That's another <laughs> discussion in we and can of itself. Get, we, can go, <laughs> we can get to that yeah, at a future time or a future episode or whatever. Right. Um, but... Like I came to Christ, even though I grew up in the church for my birth to now, I never really understood what it meant for the gospel to be real in my life and my heart. And if we're going to talk about this as a photo album and not a photo shoot, yeah, the photo I want to take right now is that in this moment, almost at the end of my college career, I still don't know all the way what the, what the gospel means in my heart and my life. Oh, yeah. Like, there is an immense lifetime ahead of me of applying the truth of the Bible, the whole story of the Bible, to my life in many areas with many people, with many fellow disciples, with many people who I will continue to meet. And this all started, I went to a conference, church conference, called Challenge. Um, It's the... It's a biannual church conference yeah. that, uh, what? Tilt your mic down. Okay. Boomer. I am a boomer. boomer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's a biannual church conference. Um, and what happened was there's this guy on stage, his name's Nick Hall, uh, founder of Pulse Ministries. Cool guy. Alumni from NDSU. I think so. Uh, go Bison. No. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> I'm not giving you that. One of my uh, best friends, uh, two of my best friends actually, are Bison. 
Bison. They get after me to use a Z noise. Why? I don't know. Is that what it is that proper? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, go bison. And they were like, it's bison. I'm like, it's it's an S. Yeah, I can read, guys. I can, guys. I was homeschooled I only for it. a bit. Only for a it didn't, <laughs> it didn't fully cause me to be illiterate. Oh, boy. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> so, I, um, so Nick Hall. Yeah, Nick Hall on stage. Go uh, bison. Go bison. Go bison. Go and bison. he was talking about how, like, many of you maybe heard about the gospel of Jesus before and um, many of you might have never heard this before. If you've never heard this before and like you hear this message and you resonate with it and you understand, and you like want to dedicate your life to Christ, like you can stand up right now and people can put their hands on your shoulders and pray for you. And I had struggled a lot in my life with regarding, with regards to um, keeping the message of Christ as truth in my heart. I was like, I don't feel like it's true. Every time I prayed a prayer and I uh, tried to accept Christ into my life, yeah, it always felt with my emotions like it wore off, like my salvation was not yeah. secure. Yeah, and then like people were standing up next to me and praying. I was sitting there in my seat and I was like, I was crying because I'm like, I, I don't have the opportunity to stand up like these people do. These people are hearing this for the first time. They're accepting. I can see and feel the emotional reality of their acceptance of Christ in front of my eyes, and I, there's no way I can participate in that. He then said, second sentence, if you feel like you've heard this a million times and you just feel like you want or need a reset with God, mm. like a full reset clean slate you can stand up to and we'll pray over you for that and i'm like oh bet boom rise i've seen you stand up like that before for stuff <laughs> i wasn't there for this trip but right but i can imagine just like just straight up and that was when i really dedicated my life to christ it was the first time i understood that understanding the gospel understanding that i'm a slimy human being god has a standard i could never meet and he himself is the one who bridged the gap so that I could live the life I'm supposed to live with him. Yeah. Is the reality that I accepted right there. And I understood like, okay, when I ask for a clean slate, it doesn't just happen once and I dirty it again and then it's over. Like I've ruined my chances. Like the gospel is continually realizing I'm dirtying things. This is supposed to be clean. And Christ has cleaned it over and over and over. And from then, there's been a continual journey of re-remembering and re-understanding and re-telling myself this good news to the point where I firmly believe in my salvation. I know that I am saved by grace through faith and not by works so that I cannot boast. <laughs> um, but there's still many areas where the gospel needs to affect me. One of which, actually, is how I relate to my roommate and friend, Mitchell Taylor Barnhart. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with faith with me, it's a lot tougher just because I'm a very like emotionally centered human being. Mm -hmm. I'm a very like uh, be belonging centered human being. Like if I don't have a group of people that I belong to that I am with, then I feel a little bit more off. Like 
I don't mm. have, a, have a tribe. You know what I'm saying? If I don't have a family, not necessarily like blood related, obviously, but like right, a right. family or something, right? So that's why things like TV or like, you know, hanging out with certain groups of people that are in my life, like that's why those are so valuable to me because that's like my tribe, right? Yeah. So, so Christianity has been like the nature of the tribe for a long time. Yeah. Like my, my sense of belonging, which is a good thing, I think, but like it was a lot more of a social thing than a faith thing. Mm. And it was also tough because the lead pastor of my church was coincidentally the dude that also sent me to my room and grounded me. Ah, so tough. It was, (laughs) it just, it didn't work. Yeah. Like I just, I would sit there and just, just like, I I literally, I feel bad because I literally wasted like so many years of my dad's teaching because I just couldn't hear it i just could i did not have the ears or heart to listen um it was it was just it was rough because my mom was such a huge fan too my mom was like eating everything my dad had to say up yeah and i was i was not (laughs) um so my faith kind of like became my own it's it was a it's it's it was a long process honestly when it went from like like, like the same kind of thing you're talking about, I guess. Like this first instance of like resetting and like taking full control of. Um, happened in the Dominican Republic on a trip mm. uh, where I preached at a church. This was after my mom passed away. I preached at the church that my mom helped build. Yeah. And um, that sermon had no business being as powerful as it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it really was just a glorified testimony. Wow, um, I was in our so we basically lived in like this dorm room kind of set up in in the Dominican Republic, and this mic is bugging me, dude. This is making me mad. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so I was in my room and I had this whole thing set up. I can't even remember it, but I was hanging out with you. Yep. And you were just you know just kind of noodling around the guitar, and I was like, dude, this sermon sucks. I do remember that. Yeah. I was. You were like, "How's your sermon coming, bro?" I was like, "And I was like, this honestly, dude, this is." doo-doo garbage mm. right now and you're like wow that's rough what are you gonna do start over <laughs> and i was like yeah and you're like yeah you you should let's pray and i was like kill why do we pray for everything hey god and then we just like started praying right there and then i was like i don't know what i can do mm. and you're like what's the basis of your favorite teacher's teaching mm. and i was like theology and reality because that's what my dad does my dad brings theology and he brings reality mm-hmm. he's really 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 good about not lacking an understanding of either one and connecting them to a point that's really powerful. So I was like, cool. Theology? What about basic gospel theology? Mm. And I so I took a page out of this book of like John 3.16, breaking that down like thematically into the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. Right? For God, you talk about God. So love, you talk about his love for mm-hmm. the world, all the sin, right? So you break it all out. Yeah. And I did that and then talked about those theological concepts and then i was like okay now here's how i know how every part of it is true outside of just the good book and then i went through my life right Mm -hmm. and so i just took my life and i went right back down the line through everything Mm -hmm. i'm I'm out of breath i'm dying (laughs) um so just giving that sermon like was really really powerful um i gave it on a sunday morning and a sunday night at sunday morning the church did it really interestingly where they Mm -hmm. i just they were like welcome to church let's hear from the Lord. And I just went up and started preaching. Like I went in cold. I do remember and that. I, w- I was like this, <laughs> but worse. I could barely breathe up there, dude. I w- felt like I was suffocating. Mm. And then I don't know what, know what happened right about when the Holy spirit took over was like, I just check out. I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards there was the worship, the musical worship. And I remember you were particularly affected by whatever God was doing with the combo. Of, I think it was mostly the worship, but well, 
to give some context, like this sermon and your story, not something I'd really heard in depth and mm. at the time. That's right. We weren't really that close right. then, at least not like we are now. I also cert- I also was not like a firm believer in my faith. Like that was my pre-coming-to-faith moment. Really? Uh, yes. Are you sure? No, now that you say that. I'm not trying to, like, dispute you, but I'm disputing you. I, I don't think, I think it was after. Because that was after our junior year and challenge was in. Was that our second or third time? It was our second. And we only went two times. We only went two times? We went after our freshman year and after our junior year. Well, I know, the first time. The first time was with, Never like, mind, I was a believer Hype. What's this time stamp? Sick. <laughs> no, no, leave that in. Okay. The- <laughs> Whatever, man. I don't know. That's the thing about photo albums, man. Photo albums are like, are, there are those pictures where it's like the kid grabbing the other one by the hair and you keep it, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're the, they're the ones that are not like, those are not hallmark moments. I, but they're like they're positive experiences. Well, I'm glad I have a bad memory because this will be a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. yeah, I was a fresh fresh boy and like I had never really heard your story in depth in depth and like the 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 prospect of like being here in the Dominican Republic and like doing God's work here was so powerful and so great. And actually there was a moment in your sermon that came afterward that was also very emotionally impactful. Yeah, so I uh, got to figure out how this thing works, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so we, we got off and they sang a couple songs, some, still some of my favorite worship songs, like to this day. So after this particularly powerful worship, uh, the pastor gets up and is like, Mister. Uh, I was going by Miguel. Yeah. And that's that's yeah, a nickname yeah, that's yeah. really stuck. That's actually one of my most endearing things is when you and other people call me Miguel. Really? It's it's honestly one of the most emotionally powerful things that happens to me like on a regular basis. <laughs> um, So he's like, Miguel, will you come back and tell us more? He was a Haitian guy, I think. He's like, will you tell us more about what you were saying? Do you have any other words of wisdom that God is speaking to you? Mm. And I look at our youth pastor that's kind of like in charge of the thing, and he just shoots me this look. He's like, he just shrugs at me. He's like, I, pfft, does the Holy Spirit have more than <laughs> And I'm, I don't remember thinking like, oh yeah, I got the good word for y'all. I just got up and like started talking again. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what I said. I, I, I've heard you tell it. Yes. So I remember it, but I'd like to hear you tell me, tell, I'd like to hear you say what I said. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, the first words out of your mouth were do not run from pain. And, you were talking about how despite all the pain that you've endured even in the past year and in your life, yeah, like your your biggest lesson you've learned is like exactly that C.S. Lewis quote. Like Oh yeah. Uh pain is a megaphone that God uses to rouse a deaf world. Pain is the megaphone God uses to rouse a deaf world. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. How old were you when you said that? <laughs> uh, 17. Six, 17. Yeah. And that like, was actually like, like just a couple months after my mom had died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was in like you just continued to talk about how like I, as Mitchell, wanted to run from pain. I wanted to run from a lot of this. And these are things that you just can't, you can't run from. Yeah. Um, 
Like you can't run from. Yeah, I remember saying like running from things when you don't have to makes it harder when you can't. Yeah. Something like that. I think you might have said even like it's hard to run from hospice in your own home. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So my home was like turned into kind of a hospice room. Like mm-hmm. the, the front room where we used to just hang out and do our homework suddenly had like a medical bed and a dying mom in it. It was just, <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. Um, I know it's on the nose, but this is not, this is, this is a scarred wound. This is, this is healed over. Yeah. So it's a healed wound. And I remember like now I remember why I was crying so much. I remember why I was so emotional during the worship and like, liquids protruding from all of my face orifices it was like there was so much beauty in love in god's design of how she built this church she Mm. built this boy yeah and now they're both here yeah (laughs) i'm gonna cry right now (laughs) oh my gosh oh man and like yeah to cap it off with like don't run from fear run or don't run from pain run into pain yeah. Like running into pain and like I took that to heart. I still say that and and try to embody that like pain is how people grow together. They grow together through enduring trial and adversity. Yeah. Pain is how um communities and my own heart grows. Like yeah. some of the most impactful and growth-filled moments of my entire life have been through very painful trial-filled seasons. Yeah. And you can grow without trial and pain, but also I said this to, to my significant other on the phone the other yeah. night, like when we choose to be believers in, in Jesus, there's also like an acknowledgement of a gigantic spiritual reality and warfare where like we become soldiers and warriors and poets and historians for an ongoing eternal battle that we fight actively in with every fiber of our being and every single day. That's another good image for this. Yeah. Is is just being a historian for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if, uh, I mean, honestly, if only I look back on this one episode, just (laughs) of like, remember that one time we talked, that was fun. Yeah. That was cool. That dude, let's talk. That's enough. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so to, to get back on the train of, how my faith was my own. So like this was, this was kind of the thing. My senior year was really, really hard. Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons that I, I'm actually not going to go into right now, but I'm happy to go into later. Sure. Um, it was really hard. And so I, uh, yeah. So then I went to St. Cloud state. I, I go to St. Cloud state and I, I, we I, are still here. We are, we are actually, actually <laughs> actively at St. Cloud state. Um, no, but for freshman year, so I went to St. Cloud state, um, you know, Caleb a couple of days later joined me, and mm-hmm. uh, for the first like month, we didn't do anything. Like, yeah, we like as far as church and, and and like being in a community of believers is concerned, like we did nothing. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is so fun. This is like summer camp. This is dope. This is so sick. This is amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, I feel horrible. Yeah, I hate this. <laughs> and Caleb's like, do you want to go to crew? And I was like, sure. Crew is. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> Crew is an on-campus ministry that has the intent of creating disciples and spreading the word. So Crew is a, a, is a ministry that is significant um, to a lot of people that have gone to St. Cloud State and particularly to us. Yeah. Particularly in how I kind of have stepped away from 
the most significant organized group of Christians that are is in my life, and <laughs> how you stepped stepped in, and then how that still has like significant like community for both of us. Yeah, guess, you know? definitely. So Mitchell and I in high school, we did music at our church, and there was a man there named Adam who we loved dearly, and he. I still love Adam, dude. Absolutely, he taught us to rock. He taught, bro. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that during <laughs> worship. Our our worship pastor at the church we was going to as a kid um, was very uh, intentional about not creating a huge difference between what was happening on stage and what was happening in the congregation, mm. um, which I think is a valuable thing. But also, as a can I say, as a musician, sure. Um, at least on an amateur level, I uh, <laughs> I like using dope ass music to worship God. Like I I like yeah, you know what I'm saying. I do. And <laughs> Adam was the exact same way. Yeah, Adam was like, go off. If go this off. can rock, do it. We're yeah. here to worship God with that. He gave us that skill. Uh, I remember one time that worship pastor actually came upstairs and said, Caleb, your bass playing is great, but we can hear it. All the way down in the sanctuary. <laughs> that's, I almost said that's tough. I remember that. I almost was like, that's brutal. You guys gonna be all right? <laughs> um, so Adam, as Mitchell and I uh, came to the decision to come to St. Cloud State, he uh, was like, oh, you guys are going to St. Cloud? Uh, I was a part of crew there. And it turns out he was going to be the worship leader for crew and then transferred schools and went to a different city <laughs> because God called him to yeah, because God called him to our church. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he ended up get they ended up getting us instead. <laughs> he he ha ha. Uh, Mitchell, meme. Mitchell and I came up freshman year. I bought a bass as my graduation present because I knew they needed a bassist up on their worship team in St. Cloud. You knew that's why you got it? Yes. I didn't know that's why you that's got objectively it. why I bought that. That bass was not very bass. good. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, yeah. That's not the bass's fault. It's, no, it was just some. Wasn't it a bad pickup? Yeah. So the pickup on the inside uh, had kind of come apart, and it's just the electronics. The bass itself yeah. is fine. Um. Anyway, we we came up here. Um. One of the first conversations we had with crew staff were like, "Hey, we want to music, music. <laughs> we want to do music with you guys." And they're like, "Are you Mitchell and Caleb?" And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and after freshman year, uh, the worship team was going to be you and me. Yeah, we were going to be the leaders of it. Yeah. Um, inevitably, circumstances led to Mitchell not being on that team, and me neither. Yeah, and it got dropped into a staff slap. And that was that was kind of the beginning of my exit, a little bit. Just. Be- and this is not. We, I want to talk more about this actually in depth in the sure. future. Yeah. But around that time was when I kind of exited crew, um, at least as an active like participant and furtherer of the ministry. Mm. Um, and right about then was when you actually stepped in. I did. And you like step like double down and try uh, my best to double down. Right. Of course. <laughs> um, so that's that. I I kind of want to leave that there actually. That's fair. And and move move on somewhere. I don't really know where. Yeah. I think where we can move on here is like what crew is to us now. Crew now is I'm, I lead worship, uh, with a wonderful dude named Michael Grizz goes by Grizz. Um, him and I are the student leaders on this team. Our staff is significantly reduced due to the amount of babies that have been born. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, bless the Lord for all these little children. That's that's literal. Yeah, that's, that's literal. There have been just a lot of children born to staff members yes. in the last what six months? Three, three children in six months, that's or crazy. less than that. Yeah, or, it was about that. Yeah, and like we uh, have just God has pulled students out of the woodwork, and now like I'm leading worship in a way that I definitely wouldn't have been able to do my sophomore year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am in a community of believers that is genuine and caring and attentive and mindful and challenges me in my faith in ways yeah. that they probably don't even understand. <laughs> that's that's kind of what this is about, actually. This is also a chance. I could see a couple of these episodes being just straight up like love letters to these people. Oh, that'd you know be I mean? cute. You know what I'm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Especially if they were to come on as guests or something like that. <laughs> just gas them up right here. Just gas them right here. It's like, yo, homie. Here's what I think God is doing in your life. Yeah, here's what I here's why I love you. Here's why I no. <laughs> um no, but like just yeah, yeah. I I cool. That was good. No, that's <laughs> that was, all good. That was like watching my brain do dial up. I don't really know what I was saying with that. But I don't no, I think that's a I think that's really true. Like definitely I would love to bring people on and like talk about the Lord and yeah. It's work in their life. Well, so here's what's interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I for me, kind of about me too, but like last, th- this whole school year since August mm-hmm. 2019 has been like the toughest year of my life, more or less. That's a statement. I know it is. I know. Um, the difference is that when my mom was dying, <laughs> my dad was like, this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to handle it. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. how it's going mm-hmm. to occur, right? Yeah. And so was, a lot of the vision setting was already done, so I just had to do the thing. Just execute. Right. Okay. It was actually a lot easier than right now where it's like, it's also very, very, very hard with a lot of pressure and a lot of unknown. Yeah. And I'm the vision. <laughs> and <laughs> me. Well, well, me and and God, that's been the struggle. But uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's not my dad is the point. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that being the case, I stumbled into a community I do not deserve. <laughs> um Actually, you stumbled in first. Fun fact. Yeah, no, I, I that's that's the funniest part is I did, but every time you were there, you had like crew sauce, so it was, it was all good. Like they already knew you. Mm-hmm. For me, I was like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? Um, yeah, like, um, I feel like it's not out of bounds to call to refer to it as the girls' house. No. Yeah, all so, girls live there. Yeah, it is a house full of. We, women yeah so that's what it is um <laughs> it, it no but it is actually in our group commonly referred to as the girls house so mm-hmm. that that group the crew crew the yeah them y'all mm-hmm. um are like a family and a group and, and and brothers and sisters that i do not deserve or have any business being as loved by as i am by them i feel the same way and um that's kind of again running back to this like identity kind of like bio of the of mm-hmm. the show kind of thing is we were the other night doing just like intentional prayerful spirit field affirmation of each other yes and so i've been like all semester but really all year like really focused on going out with a bang yeah and um wanting to be a leader in my professional realm that is like beloved and and like that people will want to have around more than they can be there. Like, come back, you don't have to go there. Right. Mm-hmm. So wanting to be like one of those people and wanting to be uh like really truly known and loved and valued and missed. Yeah. And 
I was like, you know what? It's just not going to happen. I'm never going to get there. Mm. And then that night was going on, and I was like, oh, wow. It, it's been happening. <laughs> God's been working. And then just recently with a friend of ours, with Grizz, um, he was just like we were. <laughs> he goes, yeah, Mitchell, I've never told you what I actually think about you. I'm like, no, you haven't. No. He's like, I bet. Here we go. <laughs> he just told me that, like, I he I came off like a prick and that. I could see it. Yeah, I, I could too. <laughs> um, and, and that uh, he realized that every conversation I have with him is genuinely built out of care and interest in his well-being yeah. as a person and as a believer and everything else. And so those two things are like just this, these expressions of care and appreciation that I wasn't ready for, mm. which is kind of like got this prodigal son type feeling for me. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I definitely was like, yo, fuck this. Like I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. This is dumb reasons, A, B, C, and D, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I was right. I'm not really saying I was wrong either. I, I just had those reasons for leaving. Mm-hmm. And and um, I got back in probably for not great reasons either. Fair uh, point. But God worked nonetheless, and in a very prodigal son kind of way. Yeah. Where I walk in and there's a, a a late night with Grizz and another good friend that I will wait to identify until I have her permission. Yep. Um, where I was just being honest with him that like I feel like I have to earn my place in this family. Mm. And they were like, shut the heck off. <laughs> you do not have to do that. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why? Do you mean it? Do you mean it? <laughs> and they were like, real? they were like, yes. And I was like, you're lying. And they're like, no, it's real. I'm like, no, you're, you're lying. You're 100% lying. Um, but just that reality of them like, mm-hmm. actually accepting that. And Grizz particularly said some stuff that rocked my world where he's like, I do not care what you do or how funny you are. I love you because you are. Not because you do things. And I was like, shut uh, the heart. I'm gonna die. <laughs> uh, so the verse for my time of life right now is James one twelve, a, uh-huh. <laughs> particularly the a part. Um, but James one twelve says, um, "Blessed in the in the ESV, I think it's the ESV." Uh, I like this phrasing particularly. It is the ESV. Uh, yeah, uh, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he uh, something about getting the riches uh, promised to us by God who loves us or something like that. James one twelve. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Yeah. The 112a is the... Blessed is the man. Who, yeah. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. I can hear like a chord progression in my head kind of that I want to go after with that. I'm not really sure. Make a song? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Are we a music podcast? And that could be. Dude, that's the <laughs> thing about this. It's like if it's literally just snapshotting, it can be literally any of it. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's genuinely us, then dope. We did it. Yeah. We should just do an episode playing Minecraft. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Um, Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? I need something. I'm trying to find the verse. My verse that I'm really um, vibing with at the moment is Isaiah 52, 8, 9. Actually, 7 through 9. Sorry, it's more than one verse. A. Um, 
bro, my life verse was Philippians 2, 1 through 12. <laughs> or, or five through twelve, seven verses, like seven, just a bunch of verses. Like my at my <laughs> baptism, they're like, "What's your life verse?" And I was like, "You mean eight verses?" Like, <laughs> um, let's see, Isaiah fifty two, uh, it's NIV. But how beautiful on the mountains are those are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, "Your God reigns." Listen. Your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Just That's a Lecrae song right there, bro. Is it actually? Yeah. I no, didn't for know real. that. He made a song <laughs> called Beautiful Feet, and it's it's a fantastic song. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's hype. Um, I love it because... Like this idea of the messenger, the onkelos in Greek, yeah, um, defeat of those who bring good news. This idea of bringing good news is just continually permeating through my life right now. Really chewing on the word with this one, <laughs> really wrestling with God. Yeah, really going to the mat. <laughs> going to the mat. I made that up. Oh no, no, that was uh from my mentor Brian. Oh yeah, he gave me that one. Going to the mat with going, some to, the, going to the mat with like a topic or like yeah, yeah. something with God. This one really has been going to the mat with me because like I don't see the beauty all the time. I don't see the joy that's described here. Granted, I am not uh, a slave or Jew or in Babylon right now. Um, yeah, right now, at least physically. <laughs> there are a lot of reasons why I am going through trial and life is hard, but like. This this promise nestled deep into Isaiah is very great and it's beautiful and I love it. Sweet. I think um I don't I just I feel like this podcast could be really special. Yeah. Um that's not me like trying to I'm not trying to argue for this thing right now. I just feel like this could be something that is transformative for us mm-hmm. and for anybody that feels like listening. Um, for other people who may come along and listen to it, right? That there's like, like God could do something pretty crazy here, yeah. Just by us, <laughs> just by us shooting the shit and talking to each other about our days, our weeks, and we'll walk in and be like, "Yo, you want to talk about Calvinism? Like, it, it could be anything, right? It could be whatever." Um, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Calvinism. Calvinism. <laughs> I cannot wait for that particular joke to land with the person it's supposed to land with. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, I think so this is a wrapping up. Point. Yeah. When it comes to outros, uh, this is how you do it. This has been an episode of a podcast that we're deciding to call Cellmates for now. My name is Mitchell Barnhart. My name is Caleb Kopp. Thank you so much for listening. Really, we just want this podcast to be a place where we can have two guys talk, maybe more, uh, just about what God's doing in our lives. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And have a good night, our friends.